This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, after eight interviews, after almost two weeks, yeah, it was two weeks, Freddie was canned, two weeks ago Sunday night, your Cleveland Browns have hired a new head coach, uh, South Philly kid, Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator, Minnesota Vikings, small tidbits. All right, got three Bambinos. Uh, Kevin Stefanski's father, longtime NBA executive, actually works for the Detroit Pistons now. Uh, Pete, and with the rumors, Andrew Barry coming into town. Oh, got to get to this part. Jeff Lloyd, your host from uh, SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, your local experts on all the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete, with now the rumors coming out that uh, looks like Andrew Barry's going to return and probably become general manager of this team. So you got the Paul D. Podesta, you bring in Stefanski, you go and get uh, Andrew Barry back. Pete, maybe this wasn't really about the head coach. And give Jimmy his credit here. Jimmy wanted the best structure he could put in a place. And if this is the way it's going to look, and as far as what's going to align and who can work together and who seems to be on the same page, this is probably the case. Uh, they took a thought-out, deliberative process that took one day longer than it was expected to, um, and they came to the conclusion that they should make the hire of Kevin Stefanski. Um, Josh McDaniels apparently wanted to tear tear the at least the organization part down to the studs, and there's certainly an argument to make for that. Uh, whereas Stefanski was more in line with some of the people already in the building. Obviously, Paul D. Podesta had been hit a proponent last year. Presumably, he still is this year. Um, and, you know, that could lead to Andrew Barry, who obviously has some, some, uh, some, uh, stakes in the game as far as, as players in this organization. Um, he has to decide if that's, you know, that's something he wants to continue with. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it remains to be seen if it's the right answer, but uh, I certainly like the logical approach. Uh, and I like what it does scheme wise for Baker Mayfield. I think what Minnesota does is really good for him uh i i think it's great for nick chubb i think it's great for the offensive line um i think i understand the 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 people who like wanted mcdaniels uh but i think so much of that is a product of uh of branding and I, and i think you know because he's been sort of put out there every year and I, look he's got a great resume there's no arguing the you know obviously he's been uh two number of super bowls as offensive coordinator and, and has been a head coach and all these other things but i think just the fact that they've been beaten over the head with his name has has worked to the point where you know especially against names that uh they didn't know made it very easy to like this is the one you knew so this is the one you wanted um, I, I, I don't think you can guarantee anything with McDaniels either. And at least from my perspective, 
I wasn't nearly as comfortable uh, to with the notion of of making a New England Patriots style front office. Uh, just because I don't think their front office, uh, other than when it comes to trading away players and finding things on the cheap and managing the cap, I think they do those things very, very well. Um, I, I don't think they draft very well. And, and I think part of why they're so successful is because they've been successful. So they can always recruit very easily and occasionally get guys on the cheap. The Browns don't have that, uh, that they don't have that, uh, that, that's, that ability to just pull free agents in. So if you screw up and you can't bring in free agents, you don't have the wiggle room that the Patriots have often had. And I think that's something that most people just didn't consider. I think they just assumed, oh, it's going to be great because they, they always have a million answers. And the other part of that is obviously, look, the, the Patriots exist. And in some cases, the Browns would be competing against the Patriots on some of the same levels which doesn't mean it would have been a bad idea. It just means that there's another one of them out there with sort of understanding how they think and, and, and some of the things they do. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know enough about Stefanski to be like, oh, this is a great hire. I, there are things he does that I like. I think there are, are things that uh, this likely means. I, I really hope this means Andrew Barry comes back because obviously I think he's very good. Um, I, I like the prospect of having a bunch of really smart guys uh, you know, you know Deep Podesta, obviously, a Harvard guy. Barry's a Harvard guy, and he played football at a high level at Harvard. Uh, Stefanski is a Penn guy who played at Penn. Uh, you know, if they if they want to get a bunch of really smart guys who also happen to know football, uh, you know, I don't see that as a problem. Will it work? You know, remains to be seen. But um, I'm very interested in what they're doing and I think there's a logical way that this goes with what the Browns already have and all these people freaking out about, well, this means Baker Mayfield's going to get traded and all this, that, and the other. It doesn't, but it wouldn't be surprising if some guys got moved. And if, if, that, if that's the case, that's, I got no problem with that. Um, well, look, I mean, some guys are going to get moved. Guys, it's just the nature of the beast. And look, it's could it be because of a new regime? Certainly it's going to be. Um, we have questions. We'll get to all that stuff. You look at it on the surface, though. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins completion percentage over 69%. So you're looking for more of a friendly passing game. That's what you saw of Baker as a rookie. That's what you want to see a Baker. That's what you want to see any damn quarterback. Uh, they ran a living daylight side of the ball for almost 2,000 yards. Would have had 2,000-yard receivers if Adam Thielen didn't miss that time. You've got tight ends there in Kyle Rudolph, in, in, in Irv Smith. You can kind of like put the pieces here of, you know, you know Kevin is coming here with plenty to work with. He's got Nick Chubb. He's got Odell. He's got Jarvis. Uh, guys, whatever's going on with his Instagram, A, I don't care. B, Jarvis does this stuff all the time. Ugh, just, it is what it is. Just let it go. You got David Njoku. You got Ricky Seals-Jones. You got Daniel Carson. Probably, I mean, Stephen Carson. You probably need a blocking tight end. Harris, get your butt up and out of here. You're gone. Um, what does this mean for Kareem Hunt? I don't know whether or not, you know, right off the bat, this if Kareem is go or stay. Lining up with the analytics, Pete, it probably means Kareem Hunt isn't sticking around, though. Um, it's difficult to say. Um, you know, I went back and I watched him with the Chiefs, um, and and you know they did run, they did run, uh, you know some some zone stuff with him, but he was never asked to read anything, and most of the time he had a full bag. So. 
I don't know if you want to go that route and, and try to get a real fullback. Uh, you could, or if you just want to sort of move on and, and try to do those things. But uh, to me, I think he's always going to be worth more to other teams than he is to the Browns. And I think that's a consideration you have to make uh, if, if you can get a nice offer for him. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I would move him, but that's me. Um, I know a lot of people are just hung up on this notion. The Browns have the two greatest backs in history, and, and they could be Mack and Biner, despite the fact that um, Nick Chubb is better bo- than both Mack and Biner, and, and, and Kareem Hunt wasn't the guy you, 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 you expected him to be when they, when they, when they were hired. So, or when, they were, when, we, when he was signed. And beyond the other you know, considerations you have to make with him. But, again, if you can get a running back in this class, and you can, you know, trade Kareem Hunt, who's only on a contract for one year, uh, or will be if he signs a tender, that is, uh, versus a, a three-year rookie deal. Um, I think you can get a back that fits exactly what you're doing, can be very good, and get something for for, for a guy like Kareem Hunt. But we'll see where that goes with that. I, I, I do think the Browns have to take a serious look, and, I, and you know, this is, this is just something that's going to happen as to, you know, the makeup of their team in terms of character and all those other things and see what it's going to take. Because first and foremost, they just have to make this into a team. And if they don't get that, the rest of the stuff probably isn't going to matter. And, and that, that starts with the head coach, but they just need to sort of set a vision for who they want to be. And, and it's a vision where it's unified. And that's, that's huge. It, does it lead to success? Is it automatically going to translate to success? You don't know that. You just don't. Um, and for everybody who wants to bring up yesterday, you know, obviously, you know, Vikings offense got steamrolled. But how many people were coming at us, Pete, Sunday after <laughs> Minnesota won in New Orleans? That's the guy. That's got to be the guy. Anybody who's trying to equate this to one day, you, you can't, guys. You, you, you can't do that. Stop. Um, you know, and I understand. But you want to have reservations. Pete, yeah, there's reservations to have. This guy was an offensive coordinator for 19 games. Um, yeah, that's – I'm sorry. Well, you know, count the two playoff games. So, you know, 21. You, you want to have reservations there? Sure. Um, you want to have reservations that he's only been with one, uh, you know, NFL franchise his entire career? Yes, he has, 14 years with the Minnesota Vikings. But you also look at the caveat of it, you know, where he was working with tight ends. He was working with running backs. He was working with quarterbacks. Got kicked up. Got the opportunity to call plays. And had this offense this year where threw for almost 4,000 yards, ran for another 2,000 yards. It, it's He's worthy. And look, you know, I, I told you guys I want to Mike McCarthy off the mat. I, for me, it's it's also a resume thing. And part of me, why it resonated on the resume thing was, is what you just did last year. You hired something that was a flash in the pan. And by not even before Halloween, the whole thing looked like an absolute freaking joke. So that why did I then want Josh McDaniels? It was the resume thing. At least there was something there. He's got rings. He's been a head coach, all of this stuff. But when you say we're going to take the most educated and smart guys we can find at each one of these positions, and they all work well together, and we're going to make a triumvir into these three people, and we're going to run with that, I, I'm okay with it. Look, I don't want this team to lose anymore, Pete. I don't want to be sitting here doing head coaching hire shows in January when in about an hour and a half, there's going to be another playoff game being played. I want to be covering these playoff games. So let's hope like hell, this is going to lead to that. 
Right. Um, look, the bottom line is they have to win, and, and hiring Stefanski guarantees you nothing other than potentially Tony Grossi's job. Um, the um, They have to get it right, and the only thing you can say that, that, that makes this different about uh, what they've done here as opposed to other hires they've made is th- this hire they have um, they have the building is going to be on the same page one way or the other and they haven't done that they couldn't even get that last year which is why Dorsey's gone um, or w- one of the reasons he's gone um, I you know again I I, I just I, I understand where people are coming from with the notion that like well how is this different from Freddie Kitchens, they both have this weak resume and both haven't been, or, you know, not necessarily weak, but just limited resume uh, and haven't been a head coach. They're just two of the completely different people. Um, you know, and I, and, I, and I think it's unfair to sort of look at it that way. And, and the other end of this is, again, I cannot promise anything with Stefanski, but the people are saying, well, they had to get uh, you know, if, if 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 Dorsey was still here, I think they would have gotten a head coach with previous experience. Obviously, it wouldn't have been McDaniel's, but um, the 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 Steelers hired a guy in my town. Schwartz. The, the yeah, it could have been Schwartz, and and theoretically, I suppose that could still happen. Um, that he could be the defensive coordinator. Uh, that would be pretty sweet. Um, the 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 Steelers hired Mike Tomlin when nobody knew who the hell he was, um, and they surrounded him with guys that. They surrounded with a strong organization. They gave him some good assistance, and he, he's been able to be successful. I, you know, I don't think he's a great head coach, but certainly he's been successful. John Harbaugh, I do think, is a great head coach, and he was, you know, what the hell are the Ravens doing? Signing, you know, hiring a special teams coach to be the the guy who's running their organization, and he's one of the most successful and I'd argue best head coaches in the entire league. So this notion that you had to do it a certain way, I, I just don't agree. The, the the fact that fans and media don't know enough about these guys doesn't mean that they're they're bad. It just means you don't know, um, and and that's the 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 tenor of the entire hire. We don't know. Um, there are things what I what I do know about him I like. I like the offense. I like um, the way they uh, their their play calling tends to be very. Uh, logical um i think it fits what they're going to do i don't think they have to i mean i i think you have to adjust your personnel in, in certain respects but i just think a lot of the things they do carries over very well um i like the fact that he's younger again that doesn't guarantee anything but i think he's a guy who's still learning and adapting um and, and as would josh mcdaniels have been he's only 43 um i i, I think they can get a very talented um, coaching staff in here um, we'll, we'll see what defensive coordinator looks like. Um, I like um, the, the the talking of going and get, getting a, a coordinator like Mike McDaniel from the 49ers. I think it's interesting that yep. they they would sort of bring in all these various thought processes from different organizations, from smart guys that they know. Um, I think they can do a lot of good things with that, but ultimately it's got to got to produce. Uh, but I. I, I I, I understand hesitancy with any hire because you have no reason to trust this organization is going to get it right. And you, you should not assume that it will. There's no reason to. But I do think it's a little uh, absurd the way people are just losing their goddamn minds over this thing. I mean, 
certain media members who had a brief moment of clarity uh, for one tweet earlier today have now already immediately uh, devolved back into where they were pre pre hire, which is uh, stupid Ivy League guys and their stupid Ivy League educations are going to you know make this you know screw this thing up and not be able to draft and all this other thing they're going to make us one fifteen again or all that whatever crap. Um, it's funny, you it's funny see- that nobody talks about the fact that all of them played ball, but whatever, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, so much of this is just where, where, who they listen to and where they're fed. <laughs> and not, they are typically fed by people who do not like different ideas, have um, their sort of friends in this. And it's, you know, it's the same thing with like the people who um, are saying that, you know, the minority uh, coaching hires are a problem, and they are. That's 100% true. But then, it's only for Eric Bieniemy, um, who, you know, it, it, to me, I don't think is ever going to be a head coach in the NFL. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I don't think it's going to happen for for reasons that aren't his resume. Uh, but at the same time, the Browns, one of the finalists um, for the Browns' head coaching job, was a minority, would have been a minority hire, and an Arab. Uh, American in, in Robert Sala, and yet that was almost never brought up at how big of a deal that would have been. Or, you know, if they do hire Andrew Barry, obviously he's an African American executive. Um, it's just one of those things where, depending on where you get your information, your perspective seems to be very clouded. And so you're very much programmed to sort of believe or, that certain things are, are good and certain, certain things are bad. So the fact that the Browns didn't do it the way that these people thought they were supposed to do it means it's already bad and we're not even going to give it a shot. And now we've got all these people, well, the fans aren't going to buy it. The players aren't going to buy it. Like the, the notion, don't bring your biases into the locker room. Cause I can assure you that's a load of crap. Um, they are either don't know because they're like you and they're not pretending it, or they are reaching out to people who have actually worked with these people and trying to get, get a feel for them uh, and, and what that means and, and all those things. So that's the one thing I, I think that's been my most hilarious thing I've seen of the people who are like, well, the players aren't going to buy this. Like, wait, what? How, how do we know anything? They may be more excited than anybody. And if they're not, you know, some of them may not be here. So I, I it's just, it's absurd. I, I, we asked the Browns to do this process uh, or at least most of us did until they actually did it. Then people hated it. And then they didn't do it the way they wanted to. So people hate that. Um, the going against Jimmy has them going against his own instincts is probably the best thing that could happen. If he George Costanza this whole operation and does the opposite, then the Browns may be better off. So at least for the moment, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this can go. Look, he he made a statement on what he wanted to do. And for guys, it it seems like he came through. And look, I mean, you don't think Odell, Jarvis, they're reaching out to Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs as we speak. You don't think Nick Chubb is trying to search out Dalvin Cook. Guys, it's it's a fraternity. These guys are doing it. Look, you know, I don't know nothing about the guy. Maybe I don't like this. Tell me why. And But the other thing is, you know, Stefan Diggs is making a boatload of money. Adam Thielen is making some really good money. Uh, Dalvin Cook's about to make some really good money, put up really good numbers. It's, you know, just you've got to trust that, you know, the decision they made and me as well, I am just as guilty. 
that it, it's going to be for the positive. And I'll tell you right now, as thorough as Kevin Stefanski is, he's not going to be in a week seven game and call in a play, if he's the play caller, to Baker Mayfield that was on the chart for week two. That That's not going to happen. So relax and breathe on that type of stuff. We got some more stuff to get to. Um, with the offseason, uh, what we decided to do here with uh, Locked On, and we're going to do it as a network, uh, we're going to kick off a – we're going to start doing like a mock draft Monday. Uh, so we'll do some draft work there. You know, we'll, we'll give you some – we'll read some mocks, go, go through some stuff like that. It's going to be a new feature here. And, you know, just trying to keep, you know, the normalcy of a schedule here. Um, you got a bunch coming here, obviously, Senior Bowl coverage before, uh, you know, pizza about a week, uh, you know, about, about a week and a day before flying down there for that. So, but a bunch coming, obviously, you know, draft-wise, that's going to, you know, come into a lot of the content here. You know, obviously, the rest of the GM stuff and the coaching staff getting filled out, all that stuff. But I just want to let you know, we're going to start to do sort of a mock draft Monday. This show will kind of be considered your Monday, but we'll record tomorrow night, probably do our first one there with that type of stuff. And obviously, we'll have all the other news. So go ahead, stick with us for all that. Mock Draft Monday is coming on the LOB starting tomorrow night. Pete, now you brought up a couple of names, and I agree with you there. Um, whether it's and there, you know, it's whether it's Mike McDaniel or Michael Lafleur in San Francisco, there's really good odds one of these guys is going to be the offensive coordinator. San Francisco can't give them both the title of offensive coordinator, so they can't keep them both. There's no way they can do it. Um, so one of these two guys, Kevin Stefanski, works with these guys in the offseason. Um, they work together. Uh, I forget the name of the academy, and I feel bad for that. Um, then and something else we would look at, and this will be interesting how it would work out. Gary Kubiak was a huge influence for Kevin Stefanski this year as the assistant head coach, offensive advisor with the Vikings. Gary's son, Clint Kubiak, was the quarterback coach for Minnesota this year. Uh, those those are names to look out with. Um, I agree, Pete. Like right now, Kevin, first job. What are you doing? Can you get Jim Schwartz? Is it possible? Uh, you know, hey, uh, Wade Phillips. You know, we, you you want to come do this? You know, rookie head coach. We'll give you the D. Go do your thing, type of thing. Those are probably the first two names I'm poking the fire on as far as defensive coordinators. Well, if you can get him, I think Jim Schwartz would obviously make a lot of sense. I, I don't know where all the interest lies, but obviously you've got uh, you've got an attractive roster in terms of the main components for defense. Obviously, you still have holes to fill uh, and questions to answer, but you obviously have Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Denzel Ward. You know, if, if you like Greedy Williams, you've got Greedy Williams. You, you know, you can easily potentially, hopefully, uh, sign Joe Schobert, and all of a sudden you're, you're you're cooking with gas. So, you know, I don't. It shouldn't be too, too difficult uh, to find somebody who who wants to play, you know, largely an even front uh, and play man coverage. You know, <laughs> and it shouldn't be difficult to to find people who are looking at the, the talent on this team and going, yeah, sounds good. Uh, whether that's Jim Schwartz ultimately finding his way out of Philadelphia and sort of ending that relationship, uh, you know, hard to say. They have some issues to correct. And obviously, look, you know, there's one of those things where you, you know, you can get be at one place too long and, and decide it's time to move on. Um, but the, the, the issue, and it was last year, I mean, the Browns assembled a really good staff, which is why like half of them already have jobs. Um, that you have things that are very attractive to this 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 uh, on this team that make coaches want to come here and and I think Mike Prefer is going to be you know pretty safe bet to stay. Um, 
so that's a positive. I'm hoping they'll keep James Campen. Um, so they mm-hmm. can, you know, they can do some things in terms of continuity if that's what they want. Um, and they can, you know, attract some coaches. And it seems like they're particularly interested in younger, which has its positives and uh, negatives to it. Uh, obviously, look, you, you want guys, you, you want up and comers, but you also want guys who are ready to go. And obviously, that has bit the Browns at times, uh, no more recently than this year with quarterbacks coach. So they've got to get those sorted out, but they could, again, as it was when the Browns had, you know, Sashi Brown and company, they, they had some things that were on the cutting edge. Um, it, it didn't all work obviously. And, and that's why people are still butthurt about it to this day, even though Hugh Jackson was largely responsible for most all of it uh, that went wrong. Uh, they have, a group that wants to do things a certain way. And, and I think that's hopefully going to enable them to be more successful. Uh, I mean, look, it, it, look you're going to you, what you want is you want the nice mix of the up and comers. Cause look, with Stefanski, you got these younger pumped up guys and it's just a different generation of coaches as opposed to we're going to get everything done that we're going to get done. Let's go have steak, have some beers. And you know, these guys go home and it's, you know, still, and it's you know the film and the breakdowns and the tendencies and uh, you know and all of that stuff. And that's where this is headed. It, it, it's more and more trending to the analytical world of busting your butt and taking every drop of information and how can you use it to improve any facet of your football team, guys. It's not going away. It's never going to go away in that. So you look at that, but obviously you know you do have some concerns of you know Kevin Stefanski is going to need somebody to lean on somebody who's kind of been there and you know it's never easy and when times get tough that type of stuff so it's going to be a blend it's going to be fun filling out the staff but i agree i mean prefer likely unless they which i I doubt it is uh you get to keep him you do want to keep campman because you want you want to see a year two of wyatt teller with him you will hopefully want to see a year two of drew forbes with him you know there's a plan in place and this is what aaron campman does is he takes these latter round later round draft picks and molds them into things. And look, why Teller and everybody, I, I don't want to hear it. Why Teller, you know, should be a right guard next year. Anybody wants to tell otherwise I'm not having that one. Um, some questions. Coach Big Noobs, uh, please go in depth. Why Barry is good other than people like him. And he's smart to my understanding, part of a group that chose Corey Coleman and passed on Deshaun Watson. Please don't use you. For, all right. Corey Coleman was athletic as hell. Corey Coleman's production at Baylor was off the charts. You guys keep banging on this pick. A lot of people loved him. Um, good Lord. Um, Pete, help me out. The, the dude from Roto, uh, Roto World had him as his number two overall prospect. He's a fan, He was a fantastic. Nobody knew the guy loved Instagram, quote unquote, models. That wasn't known. I mean, uh, you know, but also, you know, keep in mind, it was part of the group that, you know, brought you Miles Garrett, brought you Jabril Peppers, who was a great player last year for this team, brought you David Njoku, who was ascending to be a great player until John Dorsey just decided, I don't know, I don't like the guy anymore. He broke his wrist. We're not going to use him. And, you know, we'll just banish him for the time being. Andrew Berry is a football guy. He's well-educated. He's smart. Dude's only like 31 years old, is possibly about to be given a GM job. Yeah, maybe there's old school football that he doesn't really know yet, but my God, guys, 
I mean, I, I, there should be an age thing where you got to post your age on Twitter now because I'm sure those things would line up. Um, so, yeah, Josh Norris had Corey Coleman as yes, his number two prospect in the entire draft. Um, yeah, the, the failure with Corey Coleman came down to uh, not having a good enough feel for the kid. I mean, in terms of ability, production, all those things, he was off the charts on all of them. Uh, when it came to uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, we're still doing this. Hugh Jackson didn't want him. Uh, nope. He didn't, didn't want like him. He wanted Malik Hooker at that pick. And instead of taking Malik Hooker, the Browns smartly traded down, got Jabril Peppers and an number one pick, which became Denzel Ward. Instead of a quarterback, the coach flat out said he didn't want which is what happened with Carson Wentz. He didn't want him. Like this is, it's insane how much has been written on this that people assume that they're just like, it's, it, you can find all kinds of information on, on how to get this and people still refuse to do it. Um, Deshaun Watson isn't Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. I, I, I'm sorry, I keep, it's not, it, it, he's going to get his ass kicked today. Understand this is going to happen and it's going to be in Kansas city in weather. And we're going to have to deal with this, that he's going to get killed. Everybody's going to be making excuses for him. And I'm going to tell you part of the fact is because his arm isn't as good in weather, which Cleveland comes in abundance. He plays in a bunch of domes. He's great for what he is. He's great for Houston. It's a great fit. There's a reason the Chicago bears wanted no part of him. This is it. Um, Anyway, you ended up with your well, to back that up here because I went through this when covering it that year and people didn't want to bring it up. And I literally said at the time, where is the best place for him? the Houston, Texas? It will be eight games in a dome in Houston. It'll be a ninth in Indy, a 10th game in Jacksonville, an 11th game in Tennessee. Figure out the other five. It was it was not going to work here. But go ahead, Pete. So you don't get Malik Hooker, who has been fine but injury-plagued. You get your Bro Peppers, who played well for the Browns until they traded him. So now you have Odell Beckham, for better or worse. And you have Denzel Ward. So your option here was to take a quarterback that would have been huified, basically made into a pocket passer that isn't him, would have struggled, would have looked awful under Hugh Jackson. And instead... Your stupid Ivy League front office decided, hey, let's get a a DB later and a first-round pick, which they thought at the time was going to be used in in necessity to go get your quarterback that you did want. Ultimately, Hugh Jackson was so incompetent, they ended up with first pick. So then when Deshaun Watson, who tore his ACL that year, uh, they ended up with fourth pick so they could take Denzel Ward. So. If you're unhappy with this situation that ended up with Baker Mayfield for nothing and Enzo Ward and Odell Beckham, as opposed to Deshaun Watson, who wasn't going to work here, okay. But if you're talking about Andrew Barry in general, he's very smart. He played at, uh, he played at Harvard, uh, all-league corner a couple years in a row, uh, uh, three years, uh, has a good eye for talent. Very smart in terms of incorporating the data. Uh, just was Sashi Brown's right-hand man in terms of uh, evaluation when he was in that spot. But because you had Hugh Jackson, 
so much of this became, again, the lack of alignment became so much about compromising with a moron that you didn't get what you could have. Now, at the same time, that front office is also the one that managed to, you know, pioneer the idea of salary cap dumping for a draft pick with the Brass Osweiler trade had not been done in the NFL until, until they did it, which is now uh, the pick that became Nick Chubb. Uh, it has since been copied, albeit on a much smaller scale by the Miami Dolphins. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, he was here in the 2018 draft. He was a big proponent of Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, ultimately left uh, after they, the head coaching search went the way it did and, and the feeling that, you know, that, that Dorsey and his guys were sort of entrenched and there's nowhere to go. So he took a, a, a promotion with the Eagles, uh, which is obviously a really well-run organization. But the goal here was to sort of continue to work his way into being positioned to become a general manager, which if he wants to take this job, he will be. Uh, but it, it, again, you're not having to compromise with an idiot. You'd be surprised what you can do, which is how you, you ended up picking Deshaun Kaiser. The front office had no interest in Deshaun Kaiser. It was Hugh Jackson who wanted Deshaun Kaiser. Um, so that's what happens when you compromise and you're stuck with this unaligned, front, you know, contending sides of the front office. Uh, it just wouldn't have happened. But they were 100% in on Baker Mayfield. I don't know uh, about Denzel Ward. But, again, you couldn't have screwed that pickup if you tried. So that's one of those things where, uh, you know, people oh look at this inspired pig and again you go back and you look and they could have they could have screwed it up. oh um, of course so uh i uh, look i am biased in the fact that I, I he's the one i know the most about i know the most about andrew barry obviously he was here obviously i've seen what he does uh i i liked their process i like the fact that i could start to predict what they were going to do Based on information I had, I really liked what they did in terms of uh, some of the trades they made. I really liked what they did in terms of the waiver wire and some of the, you know, low-key moves they made because that was basically under Joe, under Hugh Jackson that they basically didn't notice. And he kept ending up with players that they really liked and kept, uh, which, you know, which is something you should always do. Um, they were good at the practice, you know, getting guys on the practice squad. They were good at getting guys that could help them, guys with potential, and guys that sort of were able to find their way to help this team. So to me, you know, I want more guys like that. He's younger than me, and he, like, I met him, and I was sort of in awe of his presence, and I went Chris Farley show on him, and I'd happily do it again. Uh, but he's very, very smart, and he's, he knows what he wants to do, and, and I think he'd be a fantastic addition to this front office if they can do it. No, I, and look, and you're looking for it outside of the box. And I'm glad you brought up the Nick Chubb thing because, you know, that was one that just was an absolute win. And again, because why it worked out so well was also due to the fact that Deshaun Watson got hurt. I mean, you literally had both those picks. You had 30. So you had two of the top 38 picks that weren't your own. Um, and look, we'll see how it plays out with this draft. Because who knows? It's way too early. Um, and obviously, keep in mind, this roster is a lot better than it was then. Uh, guys, you're looking for a good meal. You're near Vermilion. Go check out Open Pit Barbecue. My buddy John Vaughn. John does a fantastic job. He's got a passion for cooking, smoking meat like I do, but he takes it to the next level, obviously. Uh, you know, there's Browns themed sandwiches and food. You want a good meal. You want some barbecue. You're near Vermilion. Go check out Open Pit Barbecue. 
my buddy John Vaughn, stop in, tell him we sent you, talk some Browns. You guys want to close here. Um, last night, uh, you know, Titans, it was it, the game. You could kind of see it like the dots aligning for Baltimore. It was, you, you, you just saw the body language and a couple of early miscues and the two stupid going for it on fourth downs, once leaving points on the freaking board. And it just goes to show that regular season means nothing. And the other thing was, is, you know, we talked about Baltimore shutting it down. And look, Derrick Henry, you know, I get it. He's a beast. But look, you got to go take the man down or he's going to take what you all want. And that's exactly what happened last night. I'm sorry, say that again? No, as far as the game last night, I mean, and, you know, and talking all this stuff, and, yeah, it's great that you went through as the number one seed, but you got to show up when it counts. But you saw the – the dots starting to connect during the game, the, the two fourth downs where they didn't get it, the early interception, and you got to be ready to go. And maybe shutting things down for three weeks was essentially what they did is maybe not always the best way to go. I, I don't know if that is what got them in trouble or not. Lamar Jackson didn't play well. Um, I know he, he racked up a, a, an obscene number of empty calories, which, goes to show what he can do. He had running mistakes. But, like, it's fourth and inches, and, and they, they ran, you know, what looked like a QB tackle, and he cut back. Like, that's a young quarterback who, well, uh, shouldn't happen at the NFL. You shouldn't get to the NFL and be able to do that. But that had nothing to do with practice time. That had nothing to do with rust. That had nothing to do with it. And the same point, the Ravens defense, which had all this time to rest, was soft. They got their ass kicked. Um, and, and it wasn't like a little bit. It was thoroughly kicked. They got driven off the ball. Um, they turned down contact on any number of t- opportunities. And it wasn't just Eric Henry, though. He certainly little boyed uh, Earl Thomas. Nick Chubb sh- sh- could appreciate that. Um, they turned it down on Tannehill. I was amazed at that. Um, but the Titans, the thing is, when you look at the Titans roster, they're huge. Like AJ Brown is enormous and they have all these guys that are just humongous people. And the Ravens just were not interested. Uh, like on that play where AJ Brown converts that first down in, in the red, yep. red zone, they, they just weren't interested. Marlon Humphrey seemed to be the only guy that was consistently going to go tackle guys. And even then he, he looked like he thought about it on, uh, once or twice. Um, but he was the one that got smoked on the Khalif Raymond route. So, yeah. So I mean, I I don't I understand where people are talking about this and and maybe, but like the ball was coming out of Lamar Jackson's hand like a wet fart. He threw <laughs> knuckleballs. He threw you know balls that just didn't spiral. And I thought I, I took and... a lot of that as a man trying to, pressing too much. And and it looked a lot like he did against the Browns when they beat him. Yep. Uh, he got behind and he was trying to do too much. I think that's exactly what happened on that fourth and one uh, where he scrambled backward. I think that's exactly what happened when uh, he took that sack on the fumble. He just held the ball too long. He didn't move. Um, he's phenomenally talented, but it's like Baker Mayfield. You know, we sort of forget how still young these guys are in their positions. 
and and we sort of take it for granted. Meanwhile, we never do that for Josh Allen, and he he gets anything he does is just adorable and sweet, no matter how awful he is. Um, and uh, you the other it, it the thing I came away from with the Ravens game is look they got their ass kicked physically. They're going to have to find a way to re- replace Marshall Yada, which would be enormous if he retires. But the thing I came out of that with going is I'm very worried about the Ravens' pass game next year. Uh, Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, both ru- rookies. Mark Andrews, still very young. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, just in year two. They're going to have to keep adding because you can't have Seth Roberts out there in a playoff game. Um, or, or, or featuring but, Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed, for God's sakes. Right. Uh, but it was just they're going to get better. And if they do that, they're, they're going to be a much bigger problem. And, and, and as I've said, every time we talk about Lamar Jackson, despite the fact you got the pick right and I didn't, uh, if you stop Lamar Jackson, you win. And that's exactly what happened. You stop, they stopped Lamar Jackson. The key with it is if you can get up on them early and kind of take away a little bit of the element of surprise and look, Lamar still got work to do as a passer. It, it, you know, I'm not knocking him, but there's still work to be done. And there's going to be times where he's just going to have to be truly a quarterback. And, and, you know, look, that four, three speed ain't going to be there forever. And especially the way he runs and, you know, teams learn that, look, you're going to run like a running back. You're going to take some running back hits. And that's kind of what happened last night. And, you know, then youth and, you know, we saw him begging for call. Once you start looking for calls that already shows that the player is nervous about the outcome of the game. And you saw that. Look, they ain't going anywhere. They're going to be back. They got a high, high amount of explosiveness. They just got more work to do. Um, make sure you're following the man at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Check out. Uh, make sure you're following at Browns Maven on Twitter um, through SI.com. Browns information you're getting from Pete and his team. Kicking ass. Obviously, they got a lot of work to do here today. In the coming days here, head coach, GM, assistant coach starting to file in. But Pete and his team's been busting his butt. You're going to get nothing less from him going further. At Locked On Browns, uh, always follow back account. Uh, DMs are always open, guys. Anything you need, and you've been flooding, and maybe we all can relax a little bit. We can enjoy these Sunday games. So there is that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs open, anything you need. Again, uh, topics for the show. Uh, we're going to try to lay out, hopefully, a more, like, in sync for the offseason here. We'll see how that works. Obviously, a lot of it comes slide seat of the pants as the news comes in. That type of stuff. But, you know, yes, you know where you can get me there. Uh, again, Kevin Stefanski, your new head coach. Looks most likely Andrew Barry is going to be your new GM. Uh, you got a a front office in lockstep together, which you're looking for from, you know, the th- top three in charge. That's looking like where it's headed. Um, all that and more. We got you covered for the week. Smock Draft Monday tomorrow. Any other news, we're going to get it to you. Make sure you're checking out the Google News pieces as well. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pounding. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.